Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oof. I'm oof. What's, what's oof, oof about your oof, situation? Oof can be good. It can be bad. It can be indifferent. Is this a good oof, oof or a bad oof? This is, uh, this is a woof. That good woof is <laughs> understatement. Okay. It's, All right. It's uh, outstanding. Yeah. Stupendous. All yeah. that wrapped up in a bag of chips yeah. with, without a lot of air in between the Top of the bag and the chips. Okay. Does that make sense? No. Sure it does. Get a bag of chips, it's all air. All right. No chips. Mm-hmm. This is all wrapped up stupendous. This. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Great. Take photo, G. It's not my phone. What's wrong with you, man? We're trying to do a radio show. It's, it's your You're phone. You're supposed to be prepared. It's uh, your phone. You've been phone. doing this for 20 years, man. Well, not quite. You're slipping, dog. No, it's uh, your phone. You're and tripping. I'm, and I'm sure at some point the surface will go off. Because oh, sh**. Not this again. <laughs> the, hey, dude, chill out, man. We're having a great day. Yeah, look, there you, you're putting the volume down now on the surface. It was already. No, I don't believe it. Boy, see, see. I don't believe it. I work with Judas. It's <laughs> not true, man. <laughs> that is not true. And depending on who you root for and what you're into, this morning can really be either very depressing or really exciting. And last night, at about 8.15 Eastern time, there was a whole bunch of stuff going on. I'm watching the Yankees start this comeback, and then I get a text from our producer, Mike Bascheglia, who uh, <laughs> texts us the great Mikey B, the bling bling hotline oh, bling. Oh, your hotline bling. Yeah, there hotline blinging from Mikey B. <laughs> and he says, OMG. Wow. And I said, OMG what? And he goes, Hayward. And I'm like, I'm not watching the day. I watched the intros because I wanted to see if Kyrie was going to get booed or cheered or how bad he was going to be booed. He did. So I watched that, mm-hmm. right? He gets booed, but they go through it so quick it didn't even seem right. like much. Yeah. I wanted to see if there was going to be anything during the anthem, too, because it's the first NBA game we're going to see, and you see a lot of NBA players being very outspoken on issues. So I watched that, and when the game started, I went back to baseball. So I said, I'm not watching the damn game. And he goes, Hayward's key. And I what? Said, I said, his key. And then he goes, I'm sorry, leg. <laughs> no. Autocorrect. <laughs> what? No. I was typing fast. Key. I'll show it to you, man. He lost his key? Can't get in the house? I was like, wow. I was like, his key. Wait, how do you get <laughs> key from leg? OMG, Gordon Hayward's key. And I was, oh, So I'm wow. sitting there trying to think. I'm like, what's going on with his keys? You know, what could uh, possibly be the deal? He uh, slipped on a key, cut himself with his key. Yeah. And then... Um, I flip over to the game and and I I see Gordon Hayward. One half of his leg is in a place where it should not be. Yeah, and it was just I mean jarring. Just yeah. one of those just jarring injuries. And then I go back to the baseball game, watch the Yankees complete this comeback. It was just I mean so much so that uh, you know my wife was even into it. She actually stayed downstairs as opposed to going upstairs and watching her DVR. She was glued to the television last night. It was just one of those. One of those nights in sports that 
I'm probably not going to forget this night for a long time just because of the the intensity of that Hayward injury and, of course, what happened in that Yankees-Astros game. Yeah, that was uh, just horrific to to watch. And I'm getting alerts on my phone, and, and we're on the set of Inside College Football, and, and we're watching the baseball game, but you get all these frantic alerts and other people in our research department. You have a whole host of televisions in there, so they're watching baseball, and they have basketball on as, as well, and, and, and I researchers are through our ears are telling us our IFBs are telling us what's going on in the baseball game and then you get the uh, the news about Hayward and and the the, the disclaimer was uh, if you're squeamish you probably don't want to watch this but uh, unfortunately we've seen it I, I thought of Moises Alou when he was playing for Cubs Paul Biden, George said, I thought and, and Paul George as well and uh, just uh, just a terrible terrible uh, uh, break and, and loss for for Hayward maybe of the season and for the Boston Celtics and and so uh, good thoughts heading your way Mr. Hayward that was just uh, just a, a terrible terrible break uh, and hopefully he can recover soon and and then you know back to the baseball game we're trying to do a college football show and 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 one eye is focused on that the other is focused on a, a monitor in the in the back of the studio where the game's on and 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 to see this comeback you know you're down for nothing if you're a Yankees fan and you're up disgruntled and trying to be upbeat doing your college football show the thing that pays the bills but and and, and then judge hits the homer and then it just starts from there and, and I, I I recall saying we had a little break 15 minute break to give the crew and I go back into the bullpen where the researchers are and I said this is when the ghosts show up it was uh the seventh inning and, and I said this is when the ghosts show up the ghost is going to show up now. Well, I thought the ghost showed up around Starlin Castro's feet when he did that little stumble <laughs> backwards and then couldn't. Those are the bad ghosts. Those yeah. are the demons, man. And I, I said at that point, it's over, right? I nah. and, and I and I should have known better because I've been watching this Yankee team now for a while. But yeah, you know, at that point, four nothing. You're thinking this is just not going to be good for the Yankees offensively in this series. They've had one game where they've looked like. They can hit even with this Astros bullpen, which isn't great. And then you got Keuchel looming. The place was just quiet. Now, I wasn't there, but you could tell on the TV these days. The place was just completely, there was nothing there. And then you get to the bottom half of that inning in in the seventh inning where it started, or you get a couple of runs. And then, of course, the eighth inning is the big inning where you end up scoring four to make it six to four. And Aaron Judge is as quintessential of a superstar is there is right now, and I know he goes through unbelievable slumps, but what he did yesterday was just what the superstar label is made of, where his team is down in a situation where you've got Dallas Keuchel, who is a thorn in the Yankees' side more than probably any pitcher that you can think of in the league, looming to send you home, and you're down... He not only hits a home run off the glass out there in center field, just whap, just, hey, muscles and flexing, and I'm Aaron Judge. But then, of course, he hits the double off the wall the next opportunity he gets, where he, of course, that was not a fastball. That wasn't a right sitting dead red situation. You know, he had to go out there and get that pitch and hit it off the wall. Just an amazing job. By him, him and Sanchez, a ton of criticism the last couple of days because they're supposed to carry this Yankee offense. They didn't in games one and two. And then Gary Sanchez, of course, with his double into the gap 
Just, I mean, I was so jealous of you and all the other Yankee fans out there yesterday because there's nothing better than that in baseball if you're rooting for that team. You're down 4 nothing, and then your young guys bring you back. Todd Frazier, who's like so happy and infectious and just, it makes you sick if you're not rooting for it because you want to be rooting for it. And I'm watching the Twitter videos of people in the stands and they're going crazy and you just crave that. What a moment for anybody who's actually a real Yankee fan like yourself. That's why I said the ghosts. The ghosts show up. They had him at the old Yankee Stadium. They had him in, in 09 at the new Yankee Stadium last time they won a title. And, and they showed up again last night with this this uh, new uh, version of the, of the Yankees. And uh, it, it was surreal. Uh, but you sit there and you never lose hope. Uh, and you've been watching this team all season long. You and I, we were discussing when the season started. You're paying attention to it now? Yes. I pay attention to it at the, from the beginning to the end, in the middle. I watch it in Spanish when I'm in the DR. Say the end. That's CDN to us. And that's the channel over there, channel 32 on the cable system. Yeah. Watch it in Spanish. You know, got my home run call on down, a little profundo, and you never give up. You never lose hope, even though you're talking about a team that hadn't hit worth a damn uh, until the other night when they scored the eight runs. And and, and you have McCullers out there and, and, and dropping dimes. And I'm getting text messages from my Astros friends. Oh, the manager gave this game away, uh, which we should discuss. You know, Should he have kept McCullers in there after he gives up the home well, run? Well, bullpen stinks. I mean, I, I would have kept him in there. The guy was, was nailed was up until the home run. And yeah. it's a, sing, it's a uh, one-run uh, you know, Dinger. So, yeah, I would ha- I would have left him in there. But there was uh, a different situation with Sonny Gray because Sonny Gray, a leadoff walk, he's got two guys on. Then the next batter, he goes one o two, and Joe Girardi comes out to get him. And, and that to me made a lot of sense. And I know Robertson ends up giving up that double down the line, and it started the scoring at that point. And then people were saying, "Well, you should have let Sonny Gray." And there was a total second guess, in my opinion. He'll let Sonny Gray get out of that. No, I mean, when you've got what Joe Girardi has in the bullpen, you go to the bullpen there. With AJ Hinch, it's a different story because you got a lead at that point, and you got a big lead as opposed to a, a tie game, and and you also have a bullpen that has not been. I mean, it's it's it could be the worst left in the in the playoffs, right? So it is. I would I would say so. If you if you think about all those factors in and the way that McCullers was dealing, and the fact that this guy's had no stress on his body in recent memory right. because he hasn't really pitched, so it's not like he's been out there just emptying the the chamber of his arm every single outing. I mean, he, he should have as much stamina as humanly possible in that situation. I, I do certainly think that Hinch deserves a ton of criticism for the way he handled that. But, you know, it's it's really the, the Yankees' offense. I mean, once they – in that situation with all these young guys, to not be intimidated by the situation like that, I mean, that's the most impressive thing. Yeah, they've thing. been dormant for the most part, and especially Sanchez. Uh, you can say Judge uh, – he, he did break out the other night when he scored eight runs, and 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 then Sanchez, the only one that hadn't been invited to the party, and he finally gets involved with uh, Runner Didi on the on the move. He hits a a, a double, and, and so he finally uh, scores a hit, and, and and so now everyone's involved. But how about Todd Frazier? A guy comes over for trade, and and talking about being a catalyst, and he kind of reminds me of, of Scott Brocious, a, a guy you're not gonna really notice uh, but a guy who was so huge 
in your clubhouse, in your dugout, and, and comes up in big moments. He started that rally uh, there in the eighth inning, and, and he, he made the final out uh, there in the eighth inning, a great uh, play by Bregman. But, uh, you know, someone who comes over is from the, the area, growing up in New Jersey, right. they always Red, show the picture. Red Sox fan. Tom, you know? Tom Rivers, and uh, they showed a photo of him uh, with Derek Jeter back in the day when his little was the team. Red Sox. And, and, and a dream come true for him to play for the New York Yankees. Uh, not really. And, 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 and he's living that dream. Big Red uh, so Sox. So great, great job by you, Todd. Love Frazier. Jim Keep doing Rice. what you're doing. Love Jim Rice mm-hmm. growing keep up. Keep going with that mess. Play some more country music for, <laughs> from your boy. No, it wasn't uh-huh. country. It was whatever it was. It was <laughs> play whatever. Play somebody else's song. I'm just saying that Todd Frazier is a Red Sox mm-hmm. fan. He just grew up a mm-hmm. big Red Sox fan. It's not a dream come true for mm-hmm. him because he was a Red Sox fan. <laughs> so if he was on the Red Sox mm-hmm. and doing this, then it'd yeah, be a dream yeah, come yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Todd Frazier. Yeah, he got over that quickly. No, I know. I do. I do agree with you, though. I mean, the guy—it's just the guy that you want on your team. Now, the camera needs to get off him a little bit. I mean, it's on Todd Frazier twenty-four-seven. But I mean, it is fun to watch his exuberance during this whole thing. And you've got a series now in the National League. There really isn't a series as the Dodgers continue to roll, and the Cubs are up against it, down three-zero. They go back to Wrigley Field. They get a Schwarber home run in the first. The place is going crazy. Here come the Cubs. We're not dead. All that. And they end up losing 6-1 in the game as you Darvish is just masterful from there on out, even at the plate. I mean, did you see that walk that he took late in the game where he's sitting <laughs> up there, he's faking the bunt every single time, and he walks with the bases loaded? I, it's unbelievable uh, that this guy was able to to make that work. It's like one of those, it's like those situations in football. When you go up to the line, you know, when it's a it's a fourth and four and you're at your own thirty-five yard line and you go up there just to try to draw the team off sides and you're like, This never works. And then a guy jumps across the line, you're like, Oh my god, how stupid is that? Well, that's what that situation was for you, Darvish, last night. And and the Cubs, if there's a team that you think could could storm back and do it, I mean the Cubs would be one of those teams. Uh, but I just the Dodgers are too good. I mean they're they're too damn good. They're hit they're their stride going, again. Yeah. They they had that little lull there near the end of the season. Now they've hit their stride again. You Darvish, uh, another big acquisition uh, prior to the trade deadline, and, and now he's pitching like the U Darvish that came over to the the Rangers from the beginning. And, and, and you know I mean you get all these guys Kershaw and Darvish and everyone else pitching it as well as they are, and the bats have awakened. Uh, it's going to be difficult beating these guys. They have the mojo now like the Cubs had a season ago. I tell you, and I, I still a long way to go with the Yankees because you oh, yeah. you, you got to beat Keuchel. And you got to beat Verlander. I mean, it's, it's one of the two you're going to have to beat. So to, in order to win this series, you got those guys back-to-back. You got Keuchel uh, once again today, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Then you exactly go back. Exactly who they want. Yeah. Hmm. Exactly who they want. I don't know. He has owned the Yankees. Yeah. He has owned do you, them. Do you want him, though, really? Yes. And you go back to Houston 3-2 with Verlander on you the mound. You want him, too. Bring Friday, it. Friday night, game six. You, you Bring it. You're in, that, you're in the situation you want to be in. If you're the Astros, there's still a long way to go. But if yes. baseball gets Yankees, Dodgers after the year, they get the Cubs winning the World Series last year. Boy, I mean, Rob Manfred, uh, you know, when's the party? Because that's about as good as a follow. Because I thought that they'd go back and, and and it would be such a letdown after last year because that was just spectacular. You got the Indians who haven't won since God knows when, the 40s. You got the Cubs, we know their whole story. I have those two teams going at it, 3-1 lead, and the game seven, the way it went, there's no way it could get any better. You get Yankees-Dodgers, it won't be better than that because the Cubs story was the best story in baseball. But 
it's pretty damn close. I mean, that's about right. as close as you can I agree. Get. It's something that I, I never thought was even a possibility because I didn't think the Yankees were ready for this. But they're clearly ready. And, and, and quite honestly, I mean, their roster construction, that team is more built to win a championship than the Astros are. Because the Astros have two starters, and that's it, and their bullpen stinks. So the Astros are either going to win a game. Listen, it, it doesn't stink. Yes, it does. It's, it's not stink. They won two games, two to one. They're going to say they stink. Their Hell, bullpen they is them. not good. The best record in the American bullpen. leagues. It's better than the rest of them in the American leagues. Bullpen's Maybe not the not Yankees. Good. It's the worst left in the playoffs. So if you want to well, go there, then but don't say they stink. Hell, they, they got home field advantage, man. Well, their bullpen stinks. <laughs> I mean, the, what the home field? I'm not saying the Astros stink. I say their bullpen stinks. They're not the, the the bullpen. They couldn't touch uh, Giles the other night. Okay. The Yankees could. Well, you remember that game one? Whose bullpen would you take? I would this... ta- definitely take the okay. Yankees. But did the, could they would hit you him? take the Dodgers? Could they or hit take him the, Cubs? the other night? Okay, that's one time. I'm saying this. What's Comparatively speaking, their bullpen's not any good. It's not good enough to win a championship. It's not. And that's if you look at the teams that have had success in the postseason recently, you have to have an incredible bullpen. You have to. There's no end, and this team is not going to be able to accomplish it with that bullpen. Even if they go to the World Series, they won't win it because of the bullpen. And you can, I'll stand by that right now. Bullpen stinks. You know what they need? That bullpen? A little bit of relief hey, factor. Hey, Astros, don't listen to that. You don't know what he's talking about. You're right. You do need some relief factor. You may or may not be an athlete, but I still know that pain for anybody is a real bummer. Regardless of your vocation or age, know this. Relief factor is not just for athletes or retired athletes like me. You know who it is. Brian Jones here. And for the first time ever, I'm endorsing a pain reliever that is 100% drug-free. And that's important. And no, just because I'm a retired football player with aches and pains that, quite frankly, I deserve because of what I put my body through doesn't mean you can't lower or even eliminate your pain as well. Back pain, neck pain, shoulder, hip, knee, or foot pain can keep you from walking, sleeping through the night, golfing, playing tennis, or simply playing with your kids or grandkids. The good news is Relief Factor makes available a three-week quick start for only $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. I'm pleased to announce that for all of October, the owners of Relief Factor are donating $5 of each $19.95 three-week quick start to children in need. Go to relieffactor.com to order now. That's relieffactor.com. Geo and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Andrew Bogish is here. He's got an update for us. What's happening, Bogish? Well, that's where we start. Obviously, there is no good time for a catastrophic injury, but Gordon Hayward was just five and a half minutes into the first game of a four-year, $128 million contract with the Celtics. Hayward's left leg got caught underneath him as he came down from an attempted alley-oop. He broke his left tibia, dislocated his ankle. LeBron spoke to Hayward before he was stretchered off the court in Cleveland. Those are the you know, injuries that you know you never see coming, you never want to happen, no matter who it is, no matter what the stature, no matter how much competitive nature that you have. Um, it was just uh, very unfortunate. James and the Cavs eventually won the game, 102-99, with LeBron scoring 13 of his 29 in the fourth. Hayward flew back to Boston with the team, is now at the hospital for surgery this morning. I heard that they were able to reset it temporarily on the court, I think is what the broadcast said, which was an important detail because being able to do that then was able to at least help him out pain-wise and then also... Blood flow, back to the injury, injured area. Yeah, right. so then you, the, so basically his foot doesn't fall off. You yeah, know? and the exactly. concern always is 
arteries and veins and ligaments. So Ugh. that's why he's able to go home too and have surgery today. That it wasn't any kind of like actual emergency situation. It's one of the worst I've seen. What was that uh, Louisville player? We don't have to Kevin get Kevin Aware. Yeah, mm-hmm. hit that one where the bone went through his leg. Yeah. That was bad. I mean, Robin def- Ventura sliding in a home plate. Yeah, and the same thing. His foot was twisted the wrong way. Jason Mo- Kendall on the first base. Yeah, uh, I was just thinking more basketball yeah. because it's rare. It's I feel like it's rarer in basketball to see something like that. And then Paul George one was. And that's from running too. into the the basket. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, just the way – I felt like you could hear it. You definitely could hear it. I mean, because that was a sound that was not just a normal guy hitting the floor sound. Like, I heard, like, a there was something that – it was a, you could hear the break. It was yeah. just just awful. I mean, you think about I, – I, you don't want to think about money right away, but – and there is some sort of injury exemption, and Mikey B sent it in our email chain where they'd be able to save a little bit of money in the cap and then bring somebody else on the roster if he is lost for the season – but the guy played six minutes in a year where he's going to get paid $29 million. It's, like, amazing how the world works sometimes. The Rockets closed that opening night in the NBA by rallying for a 122-120 win at the Warriors. Kevin Durant did score at the buzzer, but replay showed it was just a bit late. 27 points in the win for James Harden. Chris Paul watched the final four-plus minutes with that nagging left knee injury. The Dodgers are almost back in the World Series. On three and one, Taylor with a fly ball to center field. Well hit. Jay going back to the wall. He looks up, and it's gone. A home run. Chris Taylor is shot over the wall in center. And the Dodgers take a 2-1 to one lead. Charlie Steiner, Dodgers radio. Chris Taylor putting L.A. ahead for good. The third, he added an RBI triple as L.A. won at Wrigley 6-1 for a 3-0 lead in the NLCS. The Dodgers haven't won the pennant since 88. They can change that. 9 Eastern first pitch tonight in Chicago. Meanwhile, another 5-0-8 start for the Yankees and Astros in the Bronx. As Brian pointed out yesterday, the Bombers don't need to win four straight for their second straight rally from an 0-2 hole, but they're going to. Here's the 2-2. Swung on and drove it, hitting left, it is high, it is far, it is off the wall, or it came out. Judge holds it second, it was off the wall, a double, the tying run scores, the Yankees have come all the way back. Gary Sanchez followed with a two-run double for a 6-4 stunner. Please he tell used- me they kicked that fan out of the game that, that reached over the wall. Houston led 4 nothing, entering the bottom of the seventh. Now they've lost back-to-back games for the first time in almost six weeks. Dallas Keiko and Masahiro Tanaka on the mound today like they were back in game one. Ezekiel Elliott maybe will play the Cowboys' next two games thanks to a temporary restraining order from a federal judge in New York. He gave the NFL two weeks to argue before the presiding judge in the case why it should be allowed to implement the six-game suspension. That presiding judge is currently on vacation. And on ice last night, Columbus won its fourth straight 5-2 in Winnipeg. Tampa Bay's four-game run ending in a shootout in Jersey 5-4. Boys? All right, Pogus, thanks. Uh, There was no doubt that that injury last night had a massive impact on everybody that was involved. And and this is one of those moments, you know, we talk about sports moments and everybody together, and sometimes those are cliche things. Last night, there was no doubt that, I mean, it it didn't matter what uniform you were wearing, didn't matter who you were rooting for, didn't matter if you, you hate the Celtics, love the Celtics. I mean, seeing that was so unbelievably impactful. And it's not just... You know, Gordon Hayward and, and what it means to that team and that game, and they, they ended up rallying and, and coming back, even though they ended up losing the game last night, and, and, and good for them. Uh, but, I mean, it changes the entire complexion of the Eastern Conference. And and now you think the Cavaliers had a, a legitimate, real legitimate contender 
in that Eastern Conference that they would have to deal with in the Boston Celtics with Kyrie there. Not that they still, not that they can't be. I don't want to totally dismiss them, but of course, this injury you know changes that. Now it opens it up for for another team in the East to maybe make a run at them. But it's just six minutes into the season. It's like this NBA whirlwind of stuff that we have gone through over the last several months is just it's it's never ending. And this was a real negative and one. if there is any silver lining and there's not a lot but the fact that it happened now and this team has time to regroup now what are the moves they make they have to sit back and assess how serious well we know it's a serious injury but assess uh the how, how long it takes for him to recover from this injury and it's, it's probably going to be season ending uh season ending injury now what are the next move that Danny Ainge and the and the front office make and so that definitely gives them time to readjust uh, and and make uh, some changes and and maybe go pick someone up or maybe these young guys will get more playing time and now they get to uh, step up and and take advantage of that opportunity. Back into the baseball talk as we welcome in Steve Phillips, former Major League Baseball general manager and co-host of the leadoff spot on MLB Network Radio, which gets underway in about a half hour's time uh, from now. Uh, Only listen to them in the breaks, right, uh, of our show. (laughs) Steve, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm doing great. Good to be with you guys. All right. So uh, last night, just uh, an unbelievable comeback by the Yankees. And you have Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez who have uh, had their struggles at times during this series of breaking out and really carrying the, the way. You've seen a lot of young, impressive players. Uh, what can you say about Sanchez and, and, and Judge last night in that situation? I mean, you think about the Yankees both now and you know, moving forward. Uh, you know, these guys are making, you know, $500,000, right? And when you talk about the huge payrolls the Yankees have had, I mean, they, they have right now the number three, number four hitter for, you know, the next 10 years. Uh, throw in Greg Bird, and they've got their five hitter. You throw in Severino, they've got an ace. Uh, and, and what these guys did yesterday, coming up huge in a situation, I mean, Aaron Judge is remarkable to me. I played seven years of minor league baseball and had my fair share of strikeouts as a hitter. Uh, and every time I struck out, I felt the pain of that strikeout and the other 50 ones before it. Uh, and, so, and, and so, you know, you, you, when you walk back to the dugout, it, that sort of weight feels so big on you. Aaron Judge never feels affected by anything. He always has a smile on his face. He never attaches one at bat to the next. Uh, and, you know, the adjustment he made going down, reaching on a ball, the double I thought was amazing, too, where he went out and got a ball in the outside corner, kind of ripped it into the left field. Uh, and then Gary Sanchez, the sack fly he got in the seventh inning, staying inside the baseball, driving it to kind of right center field, was critical because then in the eighth on a 2-0 count, uh, he got a fastball. And, I, and with Didi Gregorius running, and, and it may have very well been a hit, uh, hit and run, but he stayed inside it, drove the ball to right field uh, uh, for the double to drive in the go-ahead runs. And, and uh, pretty remarkable day. Uh, and uh, 2-2 in that series right now, and tough uh, tough for the Astros considering that, uh, you know, it's kind of deja vu all over again for them going back to 2015 in their series against Kansas City Royals. Steve, uh, Sanchez had been struggling, didn't have a hit in, in the ALCS up to that point. Do you think the fact that Didi was on the move helped him go the opposite way? I think it helped. I, I do. I think I think the, the sack fly was a big at bat. He hit the ball real well, lined it to, to right field. I think the Redick made the play on it. Uh, and, and the run that scored on the Didi Gregorius triple uh, that came before that. But, uh, but I do think that a lot of times with the runner moving and a hit-and-run play, the idea is hit the ball hard, you know, usually on the ground, but hit the ball hard, uh, you know, the other way. Stay inside the baseball. Uh, and, you know, when teams are busting you hard inside – 
and then throwing the breaking ball away, it's hard to stay inside the ball because you're cheating on that inside pitch, hoping to get there, and then when they throw it away, you tend to be pulling off the ball. It looked to me like the sack fly got them back into that approach. You know, for most hitters, the better approach is when they're locked into the opposite left center, right center field. You know, hit it over the shortstop's head, hit it over the second baseman's head, play to the middle of the field, and don't pull off the ball. Easier said than done, uh, but certainly the runner moving on the play probably played into it for Sanchez as well. Gio and Jones with Steve Phillips of MLB Network Radio on CBS Sports Radio. What'd you make of Hinch's decision to take McCullers out when he did? You know, I, I, I didn't mind it. Now, it's funny because, you know, you, you, you watch the, the, the post game on, on FS1, and those guys are crushing it, right? Keith Hernandez is saying, why would you take him out right there? He's dealing. I thought that, that in the fifth inning, uh, I'm sorry, in the sixth inning, I thought that McCullers looked a little anxious on the mound. It looked to me like he was gasping for his last, last breaths of air to be able to kind of get through it. Uh, and then he went back out in the seventh, gave up the home run. I was okay. I know it was only 81 pitches, but when you look back at the season, uh, you know, he had thrown, I think, 83 pitches on September 30th or on September 24th. Uh, and, and prior to that, you remember, he had been out with uh, shoulder elbow issues. He had only made three starts since July 30th. So he hadn't been stretched out at any point since September 30th, where I think he might have had 74 pitches. But, uh, you know, so I, I kind of thought he was right at that point. When you give up the home run there, I honestly didn't have a problem with taking him out, figuring that, look, the bullpen, Davinsky's been their go-to guy for most of the season. I, I, I didn't have a big issue. MLB Network didn't mind it, and, and the, the FS1 guys crushed it. I was more toward the MLB Network guys, and, and I was not killing that move at all because I thought he was probably at his end. What was your assessment of uh, Sonny Gray? He hadn't gotten a, a, a ton of run support since he came over to the Yankees. Didn't get any last night either. Uh, once he was out of the ball game, they started uh, hitting. So uh, how did you think he did? I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, talking about no run support. I think Sonny Gray in his last 21-plus innings of postseason play has not got a single run of run support. Uh, and, and I was surprised that Sonny Gray was as effective as he was. I was worried about him in the start. I've I've not liked what I've seen since he's come over to the Yankees. He doesn't have real put-away stuff. Now, he's got a good curveball, uh, but it's not a McCullers curveball, so that kind of stood out a little bit, too. Uh, but I thought that he did as, as, as fine a job as I would have expected there. I, I thought that they probably uh, you know, waited one batter too long for the, the catcher's interference to get him out of there. Uh, I would have I gotten him out after the walk uh, in that inning and, and gone to the pen a bit earlier. I didn't love after the catcher's interference and after one ball to Altuve, you're kind of bringing in Robertson in a tough situation there. So, uh, you know, I, I, I thought that Gray was as good as could have been expected in that situation, and his buddies uh, picked him up in the seventh and eighth inning. I know it feels like the Yankees are unstoppable right now after the last couple of games and seeing what happened last night, but the Astros still have Keuchel today, and then game six at home, they've got Verlander, and that's really what – this series is going to come down to uh, is is momentum is the age old cliche a part of this uh, with the momentum is only as good as your next day starting pitcher. Do you believe that the Yankees really have seized control of this series? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously in New York with the fans, when the Yankees are playing at Yankee Stadium uh, in the postseason, are they six and zero? They've won eight teams the last games at home. Uh, you know, it feels you know, like it's in their favor, but the Astros still have home field advantage. And oh, by the way, they have. 
you know, Keiko and Verlander, both of whom won games one and two uh, in the in this series. So, you know, the Astros have to feel pretty good about their chances still. Uh, that being said, if the Yankees can find a way to win this game tonight, I think the pressure is is tremendous on the Astros at that point, even going back home, uh, considering that it feels like a landslide starting to come against them. Uh, the Tanaka Keiko matchup's a good one. You know, there's there honestly there's some part of when you play a pitcher who just recently shut you down, where there's some advantage to the hitters because you know what the pitcher's going to do. He's going to approach you exactly the same way he did the last time when he shut you down. Why wouldn't he? But to that point, the hitters for the Yankees kind of know the game plan. They know what the sequence of pitches are going to look like. They know how they're going to be approached by the opposition. And I think there's some advantage in that for the hitters. So, uh, look, I think the advantage still is in the hands of the Astros, uh, but I think the Yankees are going to win the series. So what would be your approach? You know what's coming, and, and the guy doesn't – he's not a flamethrower, and I'm speaking about Keiko here, not a flamethrower. Uh, what's your approach now going in? Well, I think if, for, for Keiko, you've got to make him get the ball up. I mean, he's that sinker ball guy. He wants to keep everything at the knees and below. I think the strike zone will be really interesting, and if I'm not mistaken, I think Jerry Neal's uh, is going to be the home plate umpire in Game 5, which, quite honestly, uh, isn't the, the best thing for this game. The one thing about Jerry Beals, and something to keep an eye on in the game, uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's one of the shorter umpires, and where he's always seemed to have difficulty is on the pitch down and away because with bigger catchers, he doesn't see that corner. He doesn't see over them the way that he stands behind the catcher, uh, and, and he's also had a tough series so far. He's the guy that made the call at third base on Brett Gardner, where initially he called him safe, and then he was overruled, and they called him out. He was the guy yesterday at first base that called Aaron Judge out on that uh, the, the, the double play where he had uh, gone to second, and then he got overruled on it. Now, it turned out that Judge didn't touch second base on his way back, but Meals twice has had calls in this series on the bases that have been overruled. And, and you know, and so that's going to be a real interesting aspect of this game tonight uh, is how he plays into it. But for the Yankees, you've got to make, you've got to make Dallas Keuchel get the ball up. You've got anything at the knees. You almost face him like he's a knuckleball pitcher uh, because, with you know, the philosophy with a knuckleball pitcher is when it's high, let it fly. When it's low, let it go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of with Keuchel what you have to do because if it's starting at the knees, it will be a pitch below the knees when it gets there, whether it's his breaking ball or his fastball. And so I think they have to have a level of patience on the pitch down. Over 200 at-bats versus Keiko and no home runs. Unbelievable. Yeah, and, and so they're going to hit four tonight. <laughs> oh, I hope you're I mean, right. It's kind of the way this – I mean, this, this has been such an unpredictable uh, postseason. And it has been, it's been one of the best postseasons I've ever seen. I mean, it is, there's so many storylines, so many great individual performances. You know, the momentum shifts. Uh, and things going in a different direction. You Darvish squaring around and, and, and being allowed to hit uh, in, in the uh, sixth inning with the bases loaded and drawing a walk, a four-pitch walk. Uh, the first player ever, first pitcher ever to get a four-pitch walk with the bases loaded in the postseason. So a lot of weird things going on. Cubs, do the Cubs have a miracle left in them, or you think that this one's just a matter of time? Well, I, you know, I, if there's anybody that can do it, it'll be the Cubs. Uh, Joe Madden will have a magician come out and you know wave his magic wand over the bats, and they'll all of a sudden start to hit. But uh, I, I think the Dodgers, who had lost 20 of 25, right, and had not been playing well at the end of the season, uh, they've not lost a postseason game. They look so good right now. Alex Wood on the mound today, and the Cubs' offense has just been been lacking. So 
Uh, I think certainly I, I, I would pick the Dodgers to, to if they don't win it today, they'll they'll win it in Game Five. Do you think that a Dodgers Yankees World Series could actually outrate what we saw last year in the World Series with the Cubs and the Indians? Boy, uh, you know I really do think it could. I mean, you're talking about two of the biggest media markets. Uh, certainly, that you know a big part of the factor there. That you know the Cleveland part of that equation last year uh, is probably the reason why, just because of the size of the market. Uh, so yeah, I think I do. I think the Yankees Dodgers World Series would outrate uh, what the Cubs did, even though it was you know a historic uh, turn of events and finally breaking a curse. I, I do. I, I think the Dodgers baby bombers uh, and what they would bring into the mix with this Dodgers team that uh, you know was baseball's best record all season long could could certainly outrate that. And the history element of this would just be incredible, even for young baseball fans to to think about what that matchup Dodgers Yankees would mean. I still. A ways to go. Uh, one more thing before we let you go. Isn't it comical now to think about that Joe Girardi was rumored to possibly be fired after that Friday night game against the Indians to where we sit now with the Yankees winning back-to-back games in the ALCS and seemingly yeah, in right, control? I mean, so the fans' reaction was you know, uh, uh, profound, to say the least. They booed him before Game 3 back at Yankee Stadium. He had to warn his wife and kids that you know to be prepared for the way he's going to get treated. Uh, I kind of looked at it all along, saying, "Listen, if you don't want him, I'll take him. Uh, he is an outstanding manager. He can manage young guys. He can manage old guys. He can manage the blend of teams. He can manage the rebuilding team, the championship caliber team. He handles the media well. He cares. He, he has passion. Is he, he? He respects his players. And they respect him. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I look. The only reason Joe Girardi won't be managing next year is if, if, is if he chooses not to. The only reason he's not managing the Yankees." is if he decides he wants to spend some time with his family and, and just walk away. But why would you not want to manage the Yankees for the future? I mean, with all these young studs in the top three farm system, I, I, if he doesn't want it, I'll take it. I mean, I, I'm, I'll, that, that's a managing job I think everybody in baseball would want, and everybody would want Girardi to be their manager if the Yankees don't want him. I want those four hundred four home runs you said they're going to hit tonight. So yeah, right. I, that's the word with the bark on it. You it say it. Happen. You, you, you'll see. I mean, it's, it's right. a peculiar postseason. It may very well happen. Steve Phillips of the leadoff spot on MLB Network Radio does an outstanding job. Steve, thanks for the time this morning. You bet. Thanks. There he goes, Steve Phillips, former Major League general manager. Uh, and uh, Girardi, I thought, had an outstanding idea last night. Didn't work out. But on that whole replay fiasco that was going on with Aaron Judge being safe, getting caught off you know, mm-hmm. in, in no man's land, and then going back to first base, sliding in safe when he was called out, the Jerry Meals call that Steve just referenced. So in the replay, they see both managers, Hinch and Girardi, see that, that Aaron Judge goes past second base, right. does not retouch second right. base right. on the way back. So Girardi then tells judge to go and try to steal second on a potentially sleeping McCullers, which didn't end up working out because if judge gets to second base somehow at that point, then that review about him not retouching second base (laughs) is then nullified. So for him to be able to think about that in that situation, and he's sitting there going, go, go, go (laughs) to Aaron judge. I mean, that, that right there, I would have never crossed my mind at, at all, so pretty, pretty genius stuff well, there. Yeah, and the fans, the Yankee fans, reacted the way most fans would have reacted because he didn't challenge the call there in the Cleveland ball game, and he understands that, and and he said so in his, his press conference the next day after he'd him and Hall and gave 
non credible excuses, and that compounded the situation. So to sit there and say I don't want to mess up the rhythm of a pitcher, come on, just say I should have I should have I, I reviewed it, and we would have moved on from that. But don't give silly explanations why you didn't review it. That made it even worse. Yeah, it, it was bad. I just never thought he was should have been fired or thought that no, James what, should I, come. Well, up, I didn't know? call for him to be fired. I just said it's 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 you consider that because that's just a. a a horrible move by him not to even think about that with your catcher and you're a former catcher and you're going to listen to your catcher. Your catcher is telling you he was not hit. So go out on a limb. Even if you, even if you think he, he was hit and, and review it. He's challenging everything now. I mean, it's just, every day. Of every, course every, he is. It doesn't yeah. matter what it is. Yeah. He's thinking, he, yeah. I think he's got a red flag yeah. in the dugout now. Too. <laughs> hey, I, I think they caught a pigeon with that, that pitch. Uh, <laughs> let's look at yeah, it. Let's right? go back. Why not? Yeah. What the hell? You see that fly on the ball? No, can't do that. No. We're Look com- at it. We're coming right back. Give us a call right now. 855-212-4CBS. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Uh, someone tweeted our Geo and Jones account and said, you guys biased much? Ah! Sarcasm. And I uh, I responded back, well, Brian's an unabashed Yankees fan, so yeah, of course there's going to be some bias. We're not beat reporters, right? right we're not course. independent observers. And, um, and we're objective, aren't we? I would um, like to think I am. Yeah, I give your team credit. If, if they beat the Yankees or beat someone else, I give them credit. And also, I mean, there's a lot of Yankee hating that goes on here. A ton of it. So, I mean, that sort of balances it out. I'm outnumbered. Yeah, certainly. On this show, at least. Yeah. Uh, Coming up in by a large margin, actually. Yes. Um, Coming up in about 10 minutes from now, we're going to talk about this clandestine NFL meeting (laughs) about the National Anthem (laughs) that a whole bunch of different reports came out of. I mean, I I just don't don't know what's going on there. Uh, But in the NBA last night, uh, the Warriors don't like the first game of the season because last year, if I remember correctly, they got blown out by the Spurs the first game of the season. Everybody panicked. Mm-hmm. And then last night, they ended up losing to the new-look Houston Rockets uh, in a close one, of course, and uh, not having Draymond Green uh, was was an issue for them. Uh, Chris Paul dealt with a little bit of an injury. I didn't see this game, saw the highlights. Obviously, it was very, very late on the East Coast, but... Um, Nothing to panic over. What I do think is interesting, though, is this Rockets team because of all the teams that assembled during the offseason, all the, the the cold arms that we saw in the Western Conference to try to take out the Warriors, this is the one that I thought had the most potential to bust because one of them probably will. Now, I don't think it's going to be Oklahoma City. I don't think it's going to be Minnesota. I don't think that the Spurs and the Warriors are going to take a step back. So I had to pick one of those in there. And to me, the combination of Chris Paul and James Harden, who come up short in the biggest situation seemingly every time, uh, that to me, especially with the year that the Rockets had last year, as good as they were, then they totally revamped everything. Not like adding Chris Paul is a bad thing, but that's the team I, I marked and said that's the one I think is not going to do Just because it. Chris Paul and his former uh, home, uh, the Clippers, they couldn't get over the hump, which was Golden State Warriors, many teams can't. And, and the Rockets, of course, they their failings a season ago and Harden, it, it, the last look we had of him, uh, not at the club, but uh, acting like uh, he was uh, disinterested yeah. going up against the Spurs. So now those two coming together, I didn't like that's going to compound the problem. I, I didn't like it. I mean, it might be a too simplistic of a take, and, and I just 
I, I was so turned off. I was beating the Rockets drum for the entire season last yes, year. Yes, you were. And to see. You were like that dude at the Cleveland Indians game. I really was. And Nonstop. To, to see them come out in that elimination game and James Hart and me. And I didn't hear a thing about him being hurt. So no, he was fine. They don't play defense. I he bet. didn't play defense. Oh, gosh. And I said it, not Kevin McHale, James Harden. So call me names like you did McHale. I just think James Harden makes so much money he doesn't care. I really do think well, He that. cared about what McHale said. Yeah, but that's because no one likes to be insulted. All right. Well, he doesn't play defense. That's not an insult. That's the truth. Coming up next, the NFL and the anthem. Yeah. <laughs> CBS Sports Radio. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 